Okay. All right, time for a special edition Salt City Hoops podcast. Actually, a multi-continental Salt City Hoops podcast because we have a special guest today that joins us all the way from Greece. Uh, it's George Orphanakis. That's G underscore Orphan on Twitter. Uh, he's from Eurohoops.net. And uh, George and I were talking and uh, and came to find out that he knows a whole lot about EuroLeague basketball and uh and since the Jazz just made that pickup of Ekpe Udo, um, who comes fresh off of winning a EuroLeague Final Four and Final Four MVP, I thought I'd bring George on to talk about it. So first of all, George, welcome. How are you doing today? Fine. Thanks a lot for your invitation, this discussion we're going to have. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, I mean, um, I think for a lot of people, myself included, and and I mean, I'm a... I'm a big NBA guy. I follow the NBA all the time. But I think for a lot of people who saw Ekpe's first five years in the NBA, he, he was in the league for about five seasons after being a lottery pick and um, mostly kind of flew under the radar. Now, he's been back in Europe for a couple of years now. He's been playing most recently for uh, Fenerbahce, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh- and it sounds like he's kind of a different player than he was when he left. Is that fair to say? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You have to be ready to see a totally different uh, player uh, compared to the Ekpoudo that you watched during the season 14-15 uh, with the Los Angeles Clippers, if I'm not wrong. Uh, during these uh, two years, uh, Ekpoudo has uh, made a great improvement. And uh, it, it is important to say that he found, I think, that during these two seasons, through his uh, fantastic uh, performances and the titles that he won here, uh, he found his uh, lost confidence. And this is very important because he's uh, returning to the NBA to prove that uh, he's not only going to be a, a player that is going to stay in the bench and cheer for his teammates, He's coming back in, or- in order to show that uh, he, he should have a specific role on the team and fight for uh, more and more minutes. And I'm sure that uh, he's going to achieve it if he plays in the same level that he did in EuroLeague the last two seasons. Yeah, I mean, so he's joining a team who has a, an all-NBA center in Rudy Gobert. And I think his primary role for, you know, coming out of the gate will be to back Gobert up. But... I mean, to your point, George, um, this is a guy who averaged about 12 points in each of the last two seasons in in EuroLeague play, 12.6 last year, 12.1 this year. Um, You know, he blocks a couple shots a game. He grabs a bunch of rebounds. But I I think what surprised me when I looked into especially his EuroLeague performance is that he's really he's scoring the ball in a lot of different ways. Can you talk a little bit about how his scoring has improved? Yeah, uh, first of all, when you're thinking about Ekpoudo, uh, you're thinking of a defensive uh, player, but this doesn't mean at all that he's lacking of uh, offensive skills. And uh, during this uh, season, and uh, during the previous season, he played under uh, coach uh, Zeliko Bradovic. Zeliko Bradovic is one of the greatest uh, ever coaches here in Europe, and one of the, the systems he he's using is a pick-and-roll. Uh, next to Bogdan Bogdanovic and uh, Kostas Lukas, the two main uh, playmakers uh, of uh, the two main point guards of Fenerbahce, Ekpoudo uh, improved his uh, pick and roll uh, game. And next to Ricky Rubio, I think that uh, he's going to give some 
easy points to the Utah Jazz, and uh, he can give very good screens and cut to the basket in order to get the pass and finish, uh, and in order to score some easy points. Yeah. Uh, when he talked uh, to the to Euro Hoops, Ekpe Udo himself uh, said that he's a much better uh, passer. That means that he can pass the ball in the weak side. He can uh, find an unmarked player on the three-point. Even if teams try to stop him, he has mm. the vision, because he's a guy with a great basketball IQ, he has the vision to find a, a teammate to have some easy points. This is very important, yeah, in my I, opinion. Yeah, I think that's huge in general. It's It's big on the Jazz. The Jazz are obviously a, a team that's also very oriented to pick and roll basketball and and you know in the post Gordon Hayward era and with Ricky Rubio coming in I, I think it'll be a lot more of kind of that traditional spread pick and roll in the middle of the floor with the point guard and the big and to to have a guy who because the you know in the NBA I don't know I don't know if it's like this in in all of the different European leagues but in the NBA the teams usually like to bring the help on the pick and roll from the from the weak corner. So if a guy comes in from that weak corner to help stop an Epe Udo roll, it's good to know that he's someone who, uh, you know, who, who can make the read and figure out who's the guy that um, that has the best position to score. Because I'd, I'd heard that as well, that just passing, he's just seeing the floor better than we ever got a chance to see in his NBA days. Yeah, for sure. Uh, his basketball, basketball IQ, I consider him a very, very clever player. And uh, he can read the game. I mean, he can understand the way that the, most of the players are moving on the floor. And uh, he can predict pretty much the, the moves of uh, his teammates. And this helps him uh, give some assists. He, he averaged uh, something like, uh, give, me, give me a minute, 2.2 assists per game uh, during this uh, season but during the final four and these are the two title games actually of your league he increased this number to six assists per game it is a uh, fantastic for, for when we are talking about the center actually uh, he finished the final four the two title games with uh, 14 points uh, 10.5 uh, rebounds and, and six assists these are crazy numbers when we are talking about uh, European basketball and especially when we're talking about his position. Yeah, for sure. Uh, what I also liked, actually, uh, it was his motivation. Uh, we all, In Europe, we all, we all knew that he's a great defender. However, he didn't uh, win the award uh, of the best defender, uh, you know, the Defender Player of the Year award. And uh, when he learned it, he didn't say that, but we all understood that now most of the teams that are going to face him are going to suffer actually because he wanted to show them that uh, okay now you're gonna pay for this mistake not giving me the award and I'm gonna be fantastic in, in both ends of the floor and it really happened he was great in defense and he was great in offense he's a, a really good also he's really good on uh, grabbing the offensive rebound which is something very important and uh, I think that together with uh, Gobert uh, Coach Snyder is going to have two big guys who can uh, grab lots of rebounds. And I think that uh, Utah Jazz this season are going to have many second chance, se second chance points. Yeah. Actually. 
Yeah, I, I mean, he's got great length um, and good instincts, and those are parts of the reasons why he was selected sixth overall in the 2000 NBA draft. So if, if you, you know, if we put that in context, that means that he was selected um, higher than Gordon Hayward, higher than Paul George, higher than a lot of guys. Um, so that's impressive, and hopefully we'll get a chance to see uh, some of the reasons why, um, you know, why teams like liked that talent. I wanted to go back to something you s- Oh, sorry, did I lose you there for a second? Are you, are you there, George? Yeah, I'm, I'm here. Okay, great. Yeah, yeah, I'm here. Uh, I just wanted to go back to something you had said, because um, you talked about um, how when we talk about Epe Udo, what we're really talking about is defense. So I, I just, you know, for people who, who don't know his game, who haven't seen him, um, can if you can just tell me a little bit about his defense and, and whether it's, you know, largely paint protection or, or how is he at switching onto, onto littles off the pick and roll and guarding out in space. Like, tell me why you think Epe could have and maybe should have been the, defend, the defender of the year in EuroLeague. Uh, yeah, first of all, it may sound uh, too much, but uh, if we judge only his defensive part, uh, maybe Ekpe Udo is the best big big guy to ever am- appear in uh, European basketball, uh, in EuroLeague. And uh, I know that you there are many good players that have played in Europe, but I really consider him the best uh, defender to ever appear in uh, European basketball. Wow. Uh, yeah, it, it sounds crazy, but uh, in my opinion, this is true. Uh, what uh, I liked about his uh, defensive uh, game was the fact that he was almost everywhere. He could uh, help on the weak side. He could uh, switch on the pick and roll. He has great hands. He, he's moving his hands uh, really fast. He could uh, steal the ball from the uh, opponent's uh, point guards. Uh, first, uh, here we have to say that uh, the quality of the point guards in Europe compared with those in, in the NBA are not going to be the same, of course. But still, I think that if he can play that well here in Europe, he can do many, many things in the NBA as well. But you have to give him give him freedom in the defense. You have to let him um, follow maybe the, the enemy point guards if he, if he switches in the pick-and-roll plays. Uh, you have to let him uh, help on the, uh, on the weak side. Uh, let him play in uh, close-out defense. And he has the, the ability, the speed uh, to follow. And he has fantastic timing in uh, shot blocking, uh, really good timing in, in when jumping. Uh, and if they, and the opponent's point guard tries to isolate him, he may have a, a shot, he may get blocked, or he may have an off-balance shoot. shoot. Shot. It's not so easy to to pass next to Ekpeudo and drive to drive to the basket. Yeah, it makes sense. So so the shot there are shots that he doesn't block, but he alters them. Is I think what you what you're trying to suggest, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And well, uh, again, when he talked to Eurohoops.net, uh, we asked him if he has to send any message uh, to Bogdan Bogdanovic. <laughs> uh, you know the new point guard of uh, Sacramento Kings. Right. And he has said that the only message that I have sent him is don't come to the paint. <laughs> yeah, he'll So it's, th- those two guys will face each other three or four times next season, so that should be fun. Bogdan Bogdan Bogdanovic by the way for 
our listeners who don't know, signed a three-year, $27 million deal with the Sacramento Kings. So uh, he, he too... Keep an, keep an eye. Keep an eye on this guy. Yeah. You have to keep an eye. Yeah. Um, well, Vlade said, because um, he was asked why he gave him the $27 million contract, even though the Kings had... Um, the Kings had exclusive negotiating rights. So a bunch of people were asking Vlade basically, you know, why on earth would you pay him that much? You didn't have to pay him that much. You weren't negotiating against anybody. And Vlade said, well, he's the best player in Europe and I pay, I'm pay. i paying him like he's one of the top players in Europe. So that'll be another interesting guy to watch uh, make his transition to the NBA. Um, yeah, of course. One other question I had for you about Epe, and, and a lot of this comes because as the Jazz rotation is starting to take shape and based on what we saw in, in Summer League here in the States, it looks as though Utah's second unit guards are going to be Dante Exum and Donovan Mitchell. And it looks like both of those guys are going to want to get out and run with the basketball and, and especially run off of turnovers and missed shots. So how is Epe at running the floor? And, and you know, can he, can he score in transition? Can he defend in transition? Yeah, he can score in, tradi- in uh, tra- transition. And many times this season, uh, he stole the ball and he was the one to, to, to run on the floor. Uh, I mean, uh, dribbling, uh, you know, he's not the guy that he's going to have the ball in his hands and he, he's looking to pass it uh, immediately because he, he can't dribble the ball. He can uh, put the ball on the floor and uh, follow the uh, transition. He's not a, a slow guy. Actually, he's uh, fast enough to to run next to Dan Texum. He's not that fast, of course, to follow the point guards, but uh, he's not slow at all. Great, great. No, that makes a lot of sense. Uh, so that those are my questions, George. I guess, is there anything else that you would just say kind of overall about Epe and, and coming, to, uh, coming to the Utah Jazz before we wrap this up? Yeah, uh, one last thing. Uh, I consider Ekpeudo not only a great player, but also a great guy uh, who, who likes to share his opinion about uh, not only the game, but, uh, you know, political issues, everything around the, that's happening around us. And uh, I think that the community and also the journalists will love him because he's a very interesting guy. He's a guy that uh, you want to discuss with him uh, listen to his opinion and uh, he can also help help in the locker room with his uh, character great uh, this is something very important in my opinion yeah he did it uh, here in europe as well cool um well hey i really appreciate you taking your time again this has been um george orphanakis that's g underscore orphan on twitter he also um writes for eurohoops.net and um, so we've been lucky to, to have him and to talk a little bit about the scouting report on Epe Udo and what he's been up to uh, during his couple of years away from the NBA, playing for Fenerbahce, helping Fenerbahce win titles and um, bringing home for himself some, uh, some hardware for his mantle in, in terms of the EuroLeague MVP award. So, or the, the, the final four MVP award anyway. So George, thanks again for joining us. Um, and this yeah. has been a, uh, a Salt City Hoops podcast.